I'm coming up on 10 years with my spouse, five years of us being married. And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure it was going to last. This is Jesse Lee. Welcome to Let's Be Honest. Relationships are hard. Hard. People don't often prepare us for what we're going to go through in relationships. Usually what happens is we get the aftermath advice of what we should have done, not what we could be doing. We aren't really taught about healthy relationships, and usually the only role models that we have are what we see when we grow up. If our parents have a healthy relationship, we often mimic that. If they don't have a healthy relationship, we often fight to have something different than that, though we don't really know what a healthy relationship looks like. I actually struggled with relationships for a lot of years. I put myself in toxic relationships, narcissistic relationships, relationships where I suffered emotional and mental abuse, financial withholding, and even assault. These are scary things to talk about. People don't often want to admit that something bad happened in a relationship, and we definitely don't talk about the scars that we have from those relationships. The problem is when we're trying to find a new, healthy relationship, we often bring a lot of that baggage from the old relationships with us. The real problem is that the person we're in the relationship with doesn't always understand our baggage, our trauma, our scars. So we're often left with figuring out how to convey the things we do and don't want in a relationship. And anytime we get the inkling that something bad is going to happen, we struggle. If you're somebody who's an overthinker in your relationships, struggles to communicate, or you really question if a healthy relationship is going to last because you're so used to it not lasting, not being okay, and not being healthy, listen up. This one's for you. There are a lot of ways to tell that you're still dealing with things like rejection and abandonment issues in relationships. These are definitely things I've struggled with and things that I've been learning to communicate. Now, I'm not perfect. I still struggle. There are still times I clam up, still times I don't communicate, still things I can't say or do because triggers come up. Because trauma sometimes is so deep that despite the fact that things look good, there's always that tiny little inkling of anxiety that something bad is just going to happen right around the corner. One of the first things that we need to understand about relationships, especially relationships with people who have suffered trauma and abandonment issues, is that we need constant communication. If we don't have constant communication, we start to overthink things, especially when somebody is not talking to us. So if our partner is quiet or they're just hanging out chilling, we oftentimes take this as something bad. Why aren't they talking to us? What's going on? What are they thinking? Who are they thinking about? Is it about me? Is it about somebody else? And these are the kinds of things that go on in our brain quite often when we're going through these kinds of things. 
One of the second things is that we tend to get quiet when we're hurting. We'll start pushing other people away to protect us from getting hurt even more. This is definitely a coping mechanism. Quiet is what we do because anytime that we used to have a voice, that voice would get us in trouble. It would get us yelled at. It might get things taken away. We might be called things that make us feel like terrible people. So when we hurt, we don't share that we're hurt. We're often worried somebody's going to think that we're being a baby about it or that we're whining or whatever the case might be. And these are all things that come up from the way that we were treated in relationships. We'll constantly apologize for things. We'll blame ourselves for anything that goes wrong. We'll try to fix it even, even though it's not broke. Nothing's broken. We're just going to apologize anyway in the hopes that we don't break it. I know how annoying this can be. I can't tell you how many times I was told, you need to stop apologizing. Don't apologize for that. Why are you saying you're sorry? I'm sorry is a coping mechanism. We want to make sure that we're not hurting people, especially because we've been hurt so often or so hard that we would never want anybody else to go through that. P.S. If you're an empath, you're probably feeling this right now too. Because of who we are, we will go to great lengths to please others in any way to keep them. We will be overly generous with our time, with our gifts. We might clean. We might clean and hyperdrive. We might even become hypersexual. These are all things that we're trained to do from our traumas to keep the other person. We need to make them happy. We need to help them. And these are all things that we really don't necessarily intend to do for the sake of doing them. But we do them because we want other people to love us. It's crazy when you say it out loud like that. But we often do things so that we make sure we're continuing to prove our love. I know we often talk about the five love languages and what's your love language. And if you've not read the book, I would highly suggest it. Because if you're in a relationship, it will definitely help you understand what your partner needs. We can have multiple love languages. And I promise you that words of affirmation are at least, to some extent, a love language for anyone who's been in an emotional, a mental, or any type of abusive relationship. We want to hear that you love us. We want to hear that we're good enough. We want to hear that you're proud of us. A lot of this comes from abandonment issues from previously, too. When loved ones aren't around, we often feel like we're alone, like we're unloved, like we're unappreciated. And for those of you thinking, well, I had great parents, I'm not telling you that you didn't. If one of them was always working, always providing, and not around, you're probably one of these people who wondered 
what it was that you could do to have them around more. This might apply to you as well. As somebody with abandonment issues or rejection issues, we often find it easy to forgive and accept the behavior of other people, even though it's unhealthy behavior. It's because we don't want to let go of those people. We somehow worry that if they leave us, if they reject us, if they abandon us, that we're not going to find another person. Some of you may have had a relationship in your early years, probably high school, where you had a partner who convinced you that they were the only person who was going to love you for who you were, and you were never going to find anybody like them. If I'm talking to you, I understand. Nobody's going to want to date you. Nobody's going to want to take you to prom. Nobody will love you the way that I do. You're ugly. You're stupid. You're fill in the blank. It's painful. And we spend years trying to convince people that they don't need to leave us, that we need these people around. The truth is, we need to start from scratch. We need to go back to the beginning and we need to learn how to love ourselves first. We need to untrain all of that part of us that tells us we're not good enough. We're not skinny enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not tall enough. We're not whatever it is enough. That's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie. And you are enough. And you deserve a relationship so beautiful and so wonderful that you can get to a point where you're not worried that they're going to leave. That you're not worried that they love you enough. That you're not worried that you're going to be rejected. Because they are going to wholeheartedly love you for who you are. And it starts with you loving you for who you are. The thing is, is that as people who have been rejected or abandoned at some point in our life, we need love more than most people do. It sometimes does come across as needy. But in all reality... We kind of are. We do need it. We need somebody to help us make up for that lost time. We need somebody to hold us and remind us that all of those other people who didn't love us, who rejected us, who abandoned us, they didn't deserve us. Working with people to build their love of themselves is one of my favorite things to do. There's nothing better than starting wherever you're at, whether it's in the middle of a relationship, whether it's at the end of a breakup or a divorce, or whether it's at the beginning of some type of new relationship. My favorite part is when we get to the point where you're ready to not need my help anymore where you finally found where you need to be in your life 
in your relationship and in your path to loving you. You deserve every ounce of love that anyone is willing to send your way. But you are so much more deserving than all of the love that you give yourself. You need to love yourself first. And let's be honest, it will be one of the hardest things that you will navigate through. But when you come out to the other side and you're successful and you see yourself in a completely different perspective, possibly the way that everybody else sees you, or at least that one important someone sees you, you'll understand how important it really is. You'll understand how worthy and deserving you are of self-love. And that, it makes all the difference in the world. This is Jessie Lee. Thanks for joining me.